From Portland, it's the Fox 12 Weather Podcast. This week, the team explains why this is the driest spring in over 80 years. Plus, a frigid record is revealed. Now here they are, Brian McMillan, Mark Nelson, Jeff Forgeron, and Ann Campolongo. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fox 12 Weather Podcast. This is episode 23 here, and we're in the, the middle part of May now, you guys. I'm meteorologist Brian McMillan. Joined by meteorologist Ann Campolongo. Hey, Ann. Hi, Brian. Meteorologist Jeff Fordron. Hey, Jeff. Hey, BMAC. And Fox 12 Chief Meteorologist Mark Nelson. Hey, Mark. Hey, Brian. We've had exceptionally dry weather, and let's get right to it. Let's talk about our local headlines. The news headlines are next. Here's what's happening right now. All right, the first thing is here, we've had beautiful weather. We know that. It's felt a little bit more like early summer instead of the middle part of spring here. And now, as we head into the middle part of May, we have seen just over two inches of rain from March to now. And March 1st typically is the start of meteorological spring. And it ends here in, well... What, what would you say about a couple weeks now at this point and uh, the meteorological summer starts on june 1st we're not doing too hot here this spring you guys the uh, willamette Re- valley reservoirs aren't very full uh, we need the rain how dry are we right now mark you know we average uh, if you just take march april may so that would be meteorological spring we average about nine inches or so in portland which is actually you know the one of the drier parts of the valley we've talked about that um, and yet this year we've had two inches, which is absolutely amazing. I went back and I looked at the five driest springs. I've got a graphic here I just used last night on the air and, and uh, shot it out to the podcast, or to the, uh, we're on the podcast, shot it out to the blog um, last week. And uh, even if we had, so even if we had two more inches of rain, that w- between now and the end of the month, that would still give us our, our dry spring on record. That, that's amazing, isn't it? I think the driest is something about four inches or so for those three months. But they have two inches of rain. Remember, March, typically really wet. April's, yeah, kind of wet. Some years are dry. May comes and goes. Some years are kind of wet. Some years are dry. But to have it consistently dry ever since late February. All uh, three amazing. months. Amazing, yeah. I mean, it could change. You never know. I mean, it's still possible in the last week we get a big upper level low and get an inch and a half of rain. I mean, but still, that would put us below average for the month. The, yeah, the, the Willamette Valley reservoirs aren't doing too hot. They're only about 63% full. And usually we want those in early May to mid-May to be at about 100% or pretty darn close to it, right? And then as we get through summer, those slowly drop. But when you're starting off at only 63%, that's not very good. And a lot of those uh, are are well below you know, 100%. I mean, some of them are down to even half. Jeff, you've been watching that drought monitor pretty closely, so it comes out every Thursday, so uh, we'll get a new one tomorrow, but what does it show? Like, what are you seeing? I mean, I, we know the general idea is we're in drought, but uh, what's it been doing the last few weeks? What I've been seeing is uh, drought has been shifting focus out of the southwest and uh, moving into the northwest, and if we were to think specifically about the Willamette Valley, severe drought, which is a level three out of five, is impacting the southern Willamette Valley around Eugene. Uh, but it's kind of a mix between moderate and severe drought. Uh, you get up into the central Willamette Valley, it's more moderate drought, like a level two out of five. And then up into the northern Willamette Valley, it's a mix of moderate drought and abnormally dry conditions. But the abnormally dry conditions, like a level one out of five on the drought monitor, extends all the way up to the Puget Sound now into western Washington. And then if you look east of the Cascades, 
uh, uh, extreme to exceptional drought, level four to level five, the worst types of drought. That is now covering a vast span of south central Oregon, extending up, and now it is uh, affecting parts of the Columbia River Basin as well. So uh, we're just seeing the trend to moving farther north as we continue this dry streak. Uh, the drought monitor, as you mentioned, Mark, comes out every Thursday. The USDA releases the new drought monitor, but it's always 48 hours old. So they take numbers up to Tuesday. Uh, so basically yesterday, we're recording this on a Wednesday. So we'll get that drought monitor Thursday. We'll be covering it. But I would imagine, given the fact that we haven't had a lot of rainfall, it'll just show even worse conditions. And to be clear, you know, we've had that graphic for many years now. I don't, I don't remember a time where uh, we didn't have at least some drought conditions here in, in Oregon and in Washington. But uh, to have it this deep red, which is exceptional drought, you know, down in the southern part of our state and in certain other areas as well, this early on in the year is probably not a good sign. I will tell you this, that in my whole career here, and, and in fact, growing up here all the way back to, well, my memories would go back to the mid-1970s. That's a long time ago. Um, we've never had a you know totally dry period. You know what I mean by totally dry, like an inch or less of rain each month. We've never had a dry period from the beginning of March all the way until the fall rains. So that would be unheard of if we if we were to go another four weeks without significant rain. This impacts the uh, the groundwater for some of these local communities that rely on that. It could potentially impact. Uh, well, a lot of things, wildfires, uh, you know, if, if everything's just really, really dry here to start the summer. So uh, what other things could it impact, Mark? Well, snowpack is one thing that's gone down quickly. We, we have noticed that, that uh, remember we started April in March. We didn't have much precipitation in March, but at least it was cold in March, colder than average. Remember all those cold mornings, frosty mornings? And so we didn't lose much snowpack in March. So at, on April 1st, which is kind of a, a kind of a threshold type date for summer water supply, the snowpack in Oregon across the whole northern half of the state was well above average. But now that we've had a warm and dry six weeks, about six weeks now, it's interesting. You look at those graphs and they go from like a delayed snow melt in early April, well above average. Now lower elevation sites are free of snow already ahead of schedule or the upper elevation sites are now dropping below average for this time of the year. So we've gone from, oh, it's going to be delayed snow melt. This is great to in the end, it melts faster than it typically would, so a very rapid snowmelt this year. So I had somebody tweet at me, um, and I don't remember, was I talking to you about this yesterday where um, somebody tweeted, well, we, we've got water water coming down from the mountains. Why are we worried about those reservoirs if we're going to have snowmelt? Well, there's not that much more snowmelt to go, so that's not going to help the reservoirs much. I think it was Ann. I don't remember. I talked you, to somebody. I don't remember you telling me that. <laughs> we talk about a lot of things, folks, uh, and who knows do. what I was blabbing about. And I yes, may have be been looking the other direction. Maybe I told Nora or Wayne, and they just ignored me. I don't know. <laughs> that could have happened. Speaking of which, you know, we uh, we all went out to lunch uh, yesterday. Was that yesterday? Now, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, the four of us finally we're, we are all vaccinated and we're all in the clear, and we got to go out to lunch. The four of us together for the first time in. A year and a half or something like that, you guys. That was pretty fun. We, we went over uh, close to the station to Golden Valley Brewery. It was a lot of fun to be out there and with you guys. And actually, if it felt kind of normal. Hey, uh, speaking of that, Anne. Yes. I think you have a PSA, don't you? Yes, wear your sunscreen. I. Oh, uh, yeah. What happened, Anne? I was just sitting. We were in a, on a patio and like half my... Well, my, my upper back and my body, like my shoulders were in the sun. And uh, we just sat there for like 90 
plus minutes <laughs> and I didn't move and um I got red. I got red on the like the lower part of my neck. You know those typical spots in the back of your shoulders that you forget to put sunscreen on. Um, but I did put face sunscreen on, you guys. So I was covered there. I just didn't cover my arms. But your face was looking away from the sun, and your back was straight yeah. on with that sun angle. Yeah. yeah. Anne was in here. She goes, "Oh my gosh, I got burned." And she's showing everybody—not everybody, but I mean, she's—it's not like she's running around pulling her shirt down there. But she she did show Nora. Nora's like, "Oh, yeah." yeah. It's it's tan well, you know, though. It's tan now, guys. It's okay. Well, yeah, and of course, Anne is the kind of person where like it would it, it just turns into this beautiful tan. If She's that was young. me, if that was me and I was sitting there, I would be like blistering and there would be like third degree burns on my back because, you know, my skin just bursts into flames this time of year because it gets so white in the winter. You know, what's interesting is we had a, I think our high was like 70 or 71 on Monday. I think it was Monday. And it's just amazing what a 70 degree day feels yeah. like in May as opposed to like March. Or October. I mean, or October, sitting in that direct sun. My goodness, it is strong. And I know we're joking about it, but definitely protect your skin. Yeah, um, yeah we're in that time of year. All right. This is kind of cool. Let's move on to this. Mark Mark has had this sheet of paper. It's all crumpled up. It's been in the weather center. It's been taped to things. He's been dying to talk about this here for, for months now. And... Uh, I think it has had food spilled on it. Mark, what does the sheet of paper say about Yo. the coldest temperature ever measured in the northern and west, western hemisphere? Well, this is funny because, you know, we have this pile of, well, it's kind of a pile of crap sitting over there in the <laughs> middle. And we had a previous coworker. You remember Joe Ranieri? One day he goes, hey, uh, Mark, could we just kind of clean this area up? He didn't like that. And I, I didn't like it either, but I noticed now it's collecting. It's just papers and stuff. And I remember I ring, yanked this little... um. It's like out of the, the, the bulletin of the AMS, American Meteorological Society. And this was like in February or March because I'm like, oh, this is great. This is a little tidbit for the, for our podcast. And so she's been bouncing around over there. And each time I forget it, and I, yesterday I said, you know what? We're going to talk about the biggest chill. So you ready? Have I really built this thing up? You, yeah. Are you guys really Bring it excited? On. Anne, are you excited? We, I already know about it. Because <laughs> that paper's been sitting <laughs> there. Well, you guys, anyway. I work yeah, with you all the time. At- We've all looked at it, but you got to share it but with But I'm excited here. for your commentary on it, yes. Yes. So get this. So the coldest temperature ever measured in the northern or the western hemispheres was recorded on the 22nd of December, 1991. I was just a young 22-year-old, 21-year-old, 22-year-old I kid. wasn't even born. Yeah, that's great. So <laughs> minus, <laughs> minus 69.6 degrees centigrade. All right. Um, and while I'm talking, maybe somebody could tell me what that is in Fahrenheit. Somebody get on your little calculator. So minus 69.6 centigrade, um, or Celsius, I should say. You so said ni- minus, say it again. Minus 69.6 okay. Celsius. Sorry to derail that. Let's say centigrade. Uh, but get this. We didn't know about it till two years ago. So it took, what, almost 30 years to figure it out. The deal was the, uh, this record-breaking measurement, and this is from the bulletin of the AMS, was made by the University of Wisconsin-Madison Automatic Weather Station on the Greenland Ice Sheet. It was uncovered recently by climate historian Maximilia, Maximiliano Herrera. He brought it to the attention of the WMO, that's the World Meteorological Organization, in 2019. They conducted a comprehensive analysis, the processes, they checked the equipment, uh, you know, they go through all this stuff to verify it. And they said this is an important moment because 
The previous Northern Hemisphere record of minus 67.8 was measured at two different Russian locations at uh, late 1800s in 1933. And the previous Western Hemisphere, so in the Western Hemisphere, the previous low it was in the same general location uh, in Greenland, uh, and that was minus 66.1, and that was in 1954. You know, I think this happened with the... Um, the record hot temperature for like 80 years, it, the, the world record for hot temperature was in Libya. And then within the last 20 years, somebody did a comprehensive study and said, these guys didn't know how to measure the temperature for two weeks because all those temperatures for two weeks were too hot in Libya. And so the world record reverted 70 years later back to a 1930-something reading in the USA. Death Valley? Yeah, yeah. Death Valley. Wasn't it that green, uh, green Water Ranch or something like wasn't that? Wasn't it like 130-something? So. Yeah. 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 Uh, so there you go. I, tr I, I converted it here. So okay. you said negative uh, 69.6 degrees Celsius, Celsius, which is negative 93.3 wow. degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. That's cold, Chilly. folks. Very it's cold. cold. Chilly. It was probably calm, though, so maybe it didn't feel that cold. <laughs> right? <laughs> and you're it's from, a, it's a you're dry from Ohio. Cold. You're from Ohio. Has it, have you ever felt cold like that, Anne? I don't think so. <laughs> you thought Pretty. it was, though. <laughs> I thought it was, yes, but. Yeah. Good. You know what so, I'm doing with this now? Recycle. Wow. Oh, no. I feel like that's become a part of our weather center, and now we're just throwing it away. Uh, it is pretty so, dirty uh, over there, not going to lie. Yeah, it is. We should probably clean that and sterilize clean. it. I'll get on that. Ho we have old release it. notes and stuff. I'll try to get rid of those. <laughs> we'll hose it down. Hey, uh, another thing, if you. Uh, if you read business news, something that is affecting all of us over at KPTV and at many other stations around the country is that uh, Great Television has purchased Meredith Corporation, which is the company that owns us right now, their local media group, which consists of 17 stations in 12 markets. Uh, they paid almost $3 billion for this. And so that includes us. So the big question that not only we have all been asking, but that you might be wondering is, well, what does this mean? Really for you, the viewer, it probably isn't gonna mean all that much. I think things are gonna stay uh, very much the same. You know, we we are uh, a very successful television station here in the Portland area. And I don't think, uh, you know, much is going to change. They're not going to not going to mess with us. But there's a lot we still don't know. Um, you know, as uh, we have a lot of colleagues who who work at uh, great television stations here around the country. We've, of course, been chatting with them a little bit and they seem really happy with the company. So uh, you guys have anything else to add? Yeah, it will. We'll probably still get the same question. You work for Fox, don't you? We get that all the time <laughs> we because we use the branding of Fox, you know, or Fox 12 Oregon and where the television stations, KPTV and KPDX, but all, I don't get it all the time, but the reporters get it all the time, but people just assume we work for Rupert Murdoch and the Fox News Channel. No, we use the Fox Network program and we are owned by the Meredith Corporation, as Brian said, and Meredith, you know, Better Homes and Gardens. So that's all, uh, all happy stuff there. But um, yeah, so we'll probably still get that question all the time. Yeah, Meredith uh, focuses on yeah Better Homes and Gardens. They have all recipes brand. They have the People brand, like People TV and People Magazine, and all of that as well. So <gasps> we're gonna lose our magazines. We are. We're, <laughs> yeah, that was one of the benefits is is we would get uh, some free magazine subscriptions. Yeah, so Mark, you'll no longer get Wood Magazine. 
or successful farming. Actually, yeah. I was probably one of the only person in this in this station that read successful farming. <laughs> it was always interesting since I was you, into farming. You better hoard all the ones that come through here over the next few months. That deal is expected to go through here coming up uh, in the next six to eight months, they said. So we'll see how things go. Um, you know, obviously a lot can change between now and then, but that'll be really interesting to see. And and for, for those of us uh, on the inside, as far as we know, not much is going to change. So that's good. So they say. Nobody wants to so talk. So they say. Uh, there's a lot of speculation going around. I think, you know, we all have our opinions and everyone in our station is hoping nothing big changes. And so far, yes, everything we've heard has been pretty good. So that's a that's a good thing. It's a good thing. You know, it's the usual stuff we've talked. We've all talked about this, and we will talk endlessly about this for months. But uh, like, how do how do we change our email? Do we have to lose our Dropbox accounts? Do I have to sign up for a different insurance now? What well, happens we still to get the same amount of vacation days? Yeah, what, yeah. What happens yeah. to the 401k stuff like that? Will yeah. Brian just disappear one day and they knocked him off or what? How you dare know? you? Oh my gosh, <laughs> that'd be terrible. I'm kidding. No, that's not going to happen. But you know, things do happen sometimes. New companies come in, they have new ideas, and so things can happen. But yeah, on the air, you're just going to see the same thing. We're going to be still having fun, and hopefully we'll still be doing our podcast, and yeah. And you know, it's really interesting, because this has happened in the Portland market many times. Uh, you know, for instance, uh, several years ago, I guess when I started here in Portland, uh, KGW, for instance, was was owned by Below, and then they got bought by Gannett, and then Gannett got bought by Tegna. So they've been under three ownership uh, groups here over the past 10 to 12 years or so. And, uh, you know, Sinclair owned, uh, oh no, Fisher owned uh, K2. And then uh, Sinclair owns them now. And then uh, Coin went through like five ownership uh, groups over the oh, past yeah. 12 years. So, so, you know, all these stations have been through this. We are starting to see, though, uh, you know, bigger media conglomerates kind of scooping up all the stations. So now Gray Television, uh, with this purchase, will actually be the second largest television television broadcast group in the nation. So that's pretty wow. wild. And uh, this has actually happened to me in my career where I was at a station in Waco, Texas, owned by Raycom Media, and it got purchased by Gray. Uh, but put up for auction and purchased by Scripps. So, um, and I didn't see much change while I was there. So hopefully it's the same. We we have such a well-oiled machine in KPTV. We it's such a great organization, great news station, well-run that I can't imagine they would want to change a whole lot. We've been so. fortunate here with really good good bosses and uh, stable yeah. management. I mean, I, the, I've been here since two thousand. So that's what, 21 years. And um, I think we've only had a, just a few general managers. And, and the news directors have gone one who hired the next one who hired the next one. We've never had somebody brought in fresh and brand new. Which Did you say you've really worked, stable. You've worked here since 2000? Yes. And I, I was, was three years old. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was <laughs> yeah. going to get at. Anne was born. <laughs> I was alive. I was in first grade. And, you know, old old time viewers will remember, but I was I was actually hired. For, I worked a coin for seven years, and then uh, right about the time they were bought by, I think they went from Lee Enterprises to Emmis. I think it was. So for one week before I came here to, it was KPDX at the time. I actually had to use their new health insurance for one week, and then come to this station. But yeah, it's been Meredith since I have been here. We, we were KPDX, and then we merged with KPTV. We bought KPTV or. or yeah, there was a transfer around 2002 where we uh, we swapped stations with with the Fox uh, Television Group. They we gave them our Orlando station and they gave us KPTV. Got it? 
<laughs> there will be a test on this later. I have a couple more weather things. Uh, oh, sure, Jeff, go for it before we leave. Yes. It uh, doesn't affect us, but in the eastern Pacific Ocean, which if you visualize it, the east side of the Pacific Ocean near the west coast, uh, on Sunday, a tropical storm Andres formed. And that was the first tropical system. This hurricane season in the eastern Pacific, typically the season starts the 15th of May. Uh, this apparently was the earliest named storm on record to form in the eastern Pacific Ocean. So hurricane season is quickly approaching. It starts, the official start is June 1st in the Atlantic, and you'll probably start hearing us or hearing us uh, talking more and more about named storms uh, after the record-breaking year last year. And one more thing, uh, very dry conditions. I just looked at the Climate Prediction Center outlook. This is what NOAA does to give us outlooks beyond our seven-day forecast, and they're hinting at Maybe we could have above normal precipitation in our part of the uh, Northwest between the 18th and the 22nd. So let's hope that we get some soaking rain because we I'm, really need it. I'm looking at that right now. I got the ensembles up since we got to have a forecast ready in about an hour here and uh, the European ensembles. And I see good, good indication of showers if we don't get them Tuesday by Wednesday. Um, but yeah, it does, it's not like soaking wet like winter, but uh, the average is an uh, inch or so in the next 16 days. But we've seen that get pushed off in time several times this spring, so we will see. True. Going to be warm and dry through the weekend. Enjoy The, the weekend looks fantastic. Actually, and, Monday, Monday as well, for sure. Another note, um, Southwest Oregon's fire season actually starts today. Ooh, oh, that's right. Point. Wow. Yeah. I saw that on Facebook from uh, ODF down there. So, mm. and we know it's Good. extremely dry down there, even worse than here. So, it'll be interesting to see what goes on because actually, I think there have been a couple uh, just smaller acre fires that have been uh, maybe in Klamath County earlier this month, perhaps. I've mm -hmm. seen a few things, but I can't remember the name of it. But interesting. I don't think I'm not ready to cover fires. Yet. Well, oh. <laughs> and and I'm glad you brought that up because even though we don't live in Southern Oregon. We know that wildfires my, hundreds of miles away can impact us just sure. by the smoke yep. drifting into our area. So yeah. let's hope that it stays chill for a little while longer, but right. it almost seems like it's just imminent at this point. Well, everybody, enjoy this nice, beautiful weather here as we uh, head toward the end of the week. Uh, lots of sunshine, highs close to 80 degrees here all the way through the weekend. And cross your fingers for some rain. We desperately need it. Hopefully we'll get that as we head into the middle part of next week. In the meantime... Have a great week, everybody. Stay safe. We'll talk to you next week. Do you have a weather question? Call 503-548-6484 and leave a message. It could be featured on a future episode. If you haven't already, subscribe to the Fox 12 Weather Podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Head to kptv.com for the latest forecast and weather information for your area. 